0: in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Matt Rutledge, director. Lovely to be with you today. 50th anniversary of the untimely death of Bruce Lee. First question is: You've done this back to Pak Chong kind of thing, and uh, and the Big Boss scenario where did this come and how did it come about in personally how did that come out was it a, a a dream or was it something you wanted to do or was it just by chance
1: well i i used to live in thailand i lived in thailand for a quite a, quite a few years in the early 2000s um, after my time there when i was working as a stuntman on the medallion i ended up staying there for another three four years and it's always a place that i I love a lot you know it's such a beautiful country and I was just thinking I always wanted to do a project on Bruce Lee and then just popped into my head that. You know john little did an amazing job with his first location documentary, but I wanted to try and go back refilm the locations, maybe throw in a few interviews or you know with locals and do like um, a more updated version of the one that he the one that he produced which was a great documentary in itself and um obviously i know thailand well i just it was a project i really wanted to do so um it it started off as a what i wanted just to be a 15 minute um youtube video there was no script there was no nothing just went out there you know just me filming a lot of the time and uh, from that it kind of evolved a bit into something obviously a bit bigger as we started getting more interviews with with people who were around at the time and it was a great project to do and i'm just thrilled to to add something there for the bruce lee fans to enjoy so yeah i i, I get that now let's let's go let's go to pak chong
2: come on get us the, the feel tell us how it felt to be there taking shots and and actually finding bits and pieces give us a a flavor of how you felt when you you were oh wow i've seen this or oh i remember this or you could match something up what did you feel like when
1: you're doing that it was incredible experience, really, um, because even when you're driving there and you see the sign for Pak Chong, you're already getting excited, you know. And I'm, I was trying to listen to the Big Boss theme tune while, while I was driving there. So it was, um, yeah, it was it was just amazing. And when you first turn up, I think the first location I saw as I was driving towards was the temple on the left, the Big Boss's house. So already you just like you're quite starstruck and you you know you you've landed right in the middle of this movie location, this iconic movie location. But the amazing thing is is all the locations are very near. They're all pretty much within walking distance of each other. So it, it's you know, it's a Bruce Lee fan's dream. If anyone goes obviously on a pilgrimage to to Pak Chong, um, they'll have an amazing time because a lot of the locations are still there some of them look just the way they did back in 1971 such as the the temple itself um the big boss's house it's unbelievable how little that has changed and um obviously you can stay in the rimtan inn which is the hotel where bruce stayed when he was there so um yeah it's got it's got everything i think just the fact that the locations are all very very near is just a great incentive to go there because it's achievable for everyone to see all the locations in one day
2: just for those lucky people who might be able to get there how much do you think it would cost to actually go and and visit those places and how long do you think it would take if you were really enthusiastic around about figure at, at this time
1: of 2023 well, you know, if you're looking at flights, they the could be anything up, up, upwards to about a thousand pounds, and then Pak Chong is is about two hours, two two to two and a half hours away from Bangkok. So you could either take a bus or hire a car, and then once you're there, things are things are very affordable. You know, it's um it's it's a very reasonably priced town. Um, you could stay there for you know you could stay in I think the Rimton Inn I think is between maybe thirty five and fifty pound a night so you know it's a very very affordable uh, affordable thing to do um, but obviously if you're a Bruce Lee fan it's definitely going to be one on your wish list that you'd you'd want to go and visit. So, so you're
2: talking about a 1,500 to make it easy?
1: I, I would say so, yeah, something like
2: that. Well, it's, it's just nobody ever talks that, and it would be nice because I'm sure there's many people who will watch this and go, oh, I want to go, you know, and just do that yeah. pilgrimage, and nobody's mm-hmm. ever talked a, a, a kind of a price of, of what it would cost to, to yeah. actually visit something like that. Sure. You, you, you went to the uh, the temple. Um, mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit about how you got downstairs?
1: yeah it was um i have a good friend there who helped me quite a lot on the documentary called eric klein and um he was great when it was trying to get hold of certain locations and certain people for the for the interviews so he has a good existing relationship with the monks at the temple and um basically i had a, I had a talk to the monks i did a bit of a, a ceremony with the monks um made a donation to the temple itself and um i was allowed permission to go inside the temple and obviously down the stairs which is something very few people um are usually allowed to do but uh, everyone there was very friendly they were you know they were very keen to help um for this project so yeah, I was. I think I was very lucky to go in the downstairs part. And as you can see, um, when you watch the documentary, all the holes on the walls from all the ornaments and the pictures, which are still are still, you know, uh, the holes of the wall are still there. Um, so it's literally like someone's just taken them down. So incredible.
2: When you were there, um, you know, there's the certain places that have changed. What would you say was the place? that was sadly changed the most and you couldn't find or you found and it, it just either didn't exist or was very, you know, nearly unrecognizable.
1: Well there's there's yeah, there's there's a few actually. Um because obviously the the brothel has gone. And the building has been completely reconstructed. So the only thing determining where that scene was is the actual street sign, um, which says Kate Rock Phi, which in time means railway station. So that's the only significant marker for where that obviously where that location was. That doesn't look as it's turned into a quite a busy city street now with you know new buildings there. So the old building is gone because obviously the old building was more of a wood structure to it um but there's obviously other scenes where, you know we had a we had a few witnesses who claim they filmed the uh, gambling den scene in Pak Chong, but I know obviously other people have said that it was maybe shot in um in Prapa Deng, but if you actually watch the scene, um you see the exterior shot of james Tien and bruce lee is at a different location to the scene where james Tien actually walks into the gambling den which means those two were obviously shot at separate places um so it's difficult to, de- de- to basically to determine maybe the exterior was in Prapadeng, but the actual gambling den was in Chong. i'm not sure if anyone knows that but it's interesting to 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 do the research and and speculate where these places are but fortunately the temple which is the main big boss house the river where bruce obviously had some quite striking memorable scenes not just with maria yi but obviously the the before his battle with the big boss where he's scraping the knives the the river's still there it's 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 only changed ever so slightly in in build but it's still there so um and what did you think to the ice factory? The ice factory was great. Yeah, I mean, um, it obviously does look quite a lot different in some ways, um, in the fact that obviously you remember it from the film. The area was quite barren. Um, it is in a rural destination anyway, but now it's obviously a built up quite a bit more. But the fact that they're still doing the ice blocks is just is incredible and you know, they've they've still got some of the same ice holders as you can see in the documentary. They still push yeah. the ice across the, the top of the surface, which is what you know they do in the movie. So that was great to see. And um they were very, very kind in letting me in letting me film there. So I was I was very, very proud.
2: In the film, there's of course there's the 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 other outbuilding, which actually where the ice is stored. Um mm-hmm. is there any sort of like You know, anything that you could recognisably see where that stood or anything? Sadly,
1: not. No, no, that's all completely changed. It's now a parking lot for the uh, for the ice factory vehicles. Um, I tried to go there at night to try and capture the same feel of when obviously Bruce did his fight scene at night. But um, all the vehicles there, it was hard to actually see if it looked the same. So sadly, that one doesn't. But at least we know the exact location of where that was all shot. Mm. So. Yeah, it's it's still there. Uh, so you can actually stand in the very place, you know, Bruce did his fight scene. So you've got to get a circle of people around you and then take them one on one. You up. have. You know, it would be kind uh, of I, difficult I, I, I was
2: hoping you might do that. You know, I thought you might got a few big <laughs> Thai fighters and, you know, stand there in the middle, get some film. No, 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 I'm only joking. <laughs> um, uh, why do you think uh, Golden Harvest sort of like picked that location? What Was there anything, did you find out why... I mean, because most of the movies up to then had been, not many movies had moved out of Hong Kong. Why, why do
1: you feel they went to Thai, uh, Thailand? I think it was, Thailand was starting to become a popular destination because it was, um, you know, it was it was cost effective for them. Um, they could do everything for a reasonable price. Um, they could find uh, locations maybe they couldn't get in, in Hong Kong. But I, I think more of the fact that it was obviously cost effective gave you a different kind of look. Um, that Golden Harvest obviously went there to do a series of films because um, a- after and around the same time Bruce was there, you had obviously the Skyhawk, which was a Golden Harvest film shot in shot in Canterbury. Um, um, and you also have the Tattoo Dragon with Jimmy Wang Yu, which was shot in Kanchenaburi as, uh, as well. I'm um, sorry, and Ayutthaya. Um, so you know it. Um, as you as you probably remember, the Tattoo Dragon, the scene where Jimmy Wang Yu stood on top of the steps in Ayutthaya, is the similar location to Van Damme where he shot Kickboxer. So it's the same. It's the same area. But, oh. um, yeah, I think it was just becoming a popular destination, um, you know, and it's kind of ironic, obviously, I I went there for the medallion. So even all those years later, the Hong Kong crews were still going to Thailand to to shoot martial arts films. What did you feel about going
2: in the location for the ferry being in a different location?
1: Um, the, I think, obviously, in terms of the schedule, it, they did the Bangkok shoot at the tail end of at the tail end of the full shoot so it obviously it made sense them doing that pak chong doesn't have any any area and there's no sea there it's inland so it was the obvious choice to do it in bangkok as well as film some of the other scenes in the movie such as the poon sin restaurant which is not far well i say not far it's across the road from um, where the hotel was that bruce was staying in and uh, so every location is very very near in that area in the Prapadeng area so um i think it just made sense to tick off all the bits that they hadn't done and maybe do some of the pickups from pak chong that they um that they had missing we've been now uh,
2: because we have now got the arrow box set just come out this week um you will have seen the mandarin cut um which i think is a, is just about a little bit longer than what actually shown at the kung fu monthly uh event in back in 79 um what do you think if anything when you watched it was there something that you went oh oh, i could have done this or i could have that was there any anything there or did did you feel as though you'd covered everything um you know that you that you saw when you were doing the documentary
1: um there was obviously there was a there was a few bits um yeah you're right. I mean, obviously, the bit in the brothel, because the, the camera pans across the row of girls, and um, I, I think, as I've, as I've mentioned before, but I can obviously go on record saying this, we found one of the girls there um, now, and obviously she declined to be interviewed, so that's, you know, un- unfortunate, but we would have been great to hear some stories, but um, obviously there's a lot more people in that uh in the mandarin cup but it's quite interesting because that photo of bruce looking back at the the Mitsumpan hotel sign um we've seen so many times in in books and obviously you can see the rows of people watching him in the background and when you see it in the movie you can see why lawway has moved the camera to be a low angle of bruce because he's probably trying to crop out all of the people in the background who are actually watching the scene yeah. you know? so yeah. um yeah there's some yeah was, for me it was amazing watching the mandarin cut um just to see the extra scenes i mean it's yes. just, just incredible a- any extra bruce lee is just going to be met with such an uh, amazing, warm reception by all Bruce Lee fans. So there was quite a lot of footage in that. Not obviously all of Bruce, but just changed the movie in some ways, you know? Um, Particularly, the, the obviously, the bit before he does the fight at the end and he's at the river and he holds his fist in the air, you know, saying, I'll get revenge you know, and just little bits like that, because that was a bit of a strange edit because you always saw his fist in the air on the wide shot and now it makes sense why he was doing it. There was just that slight little trim in, uh, in the footage. So, um, yeah.
2: When you've watched The Mandarin Cut and you've done the documentary, do you feel now you understand, I do, and, I, and I'd like your opinion, Is how the Hong Kong people felt when they first saw the Big Boss.
1: I think it must have been mem- mesmerizing in some way because, although there've been some amazing, amazing films before that. I mean, you had One Armed Swordsman before that. You know, there was some, some great, film, some great uh, martial arts films. Come Drink with Me. You know, some, some really iconic martial arts films. But what Bruce did. He just exploded onto the screen. Like you've you've not seen anything like it. I mean, his fighting, he was so fast, he was so quick, his techniques were so good, you know. Um, and obviously his his on-screen persona really came across um it's really, really just incredible. You know, everyone knows that. we you know, you know it, I know it, anyone who watches a Bruce Lee film. Um, even watching him without fighting, he still draws your attention in, which is just an incredible ability. You've mm-hmm. you've 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 done a lot of this,
2: and you've you've got the box set, and you must be very proud to be on there. Um, as much as just to, just to get your opinion, um, and and you you've expressed yourself on you know the way that you feel about Big Boss. Have you um, seen the reaction to? Something that I saw back in 1982 in Bruce Lee, the man, the legend, the Mandarin cut, and I actually could tell people about this. Um, And I always said, it's in there, it's somewhere, and yeah, it's never been seen. Um, What do you feel to this Dan Santo log scene and the way they put that together? You know, mm-hmm. your opinion, because, you know, it's not got a lot of Bruce in it, but you do see Bruce you know, jump on screen and, and do his directing within a Santo What do you feel? How do you yeah, feel about
1: it, it? Just, just so happy to see the extra footage, because as, as people know, the, there was a Russia's reel that Golden Harvest had, and that's been the one that's been on releases from around 2001, 2002 or something like that onwards. And, um, you, you kind of thought, well, that's the reel they found. There can't be any extra footage. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, James Flowers obviously been liaising with uh, the Hong Kong Film Archive and obviously in Hong Kong, and the footage was found. I I believe, I think one of them was the original source was on a a digi beta tape or something, or a beta cam tape. So it just, yeah. I think everyone thought that footage had been lost, particularly the outdoor training scene as well as the log scene. The log scene isn't a particularly long scene but it's just so iconic because people have been seeing pictures of it they've heard that it it was shot and now finally we get a chance to see it and it it really makes the whole pagoda sequence of fights flow better now because we've got basically the start of the footage of what bruce filmed so we've got the complete sequence including the bit where he goes downstairs and obviously um and and goes to exit the pagoda so i i think it just it's because it came out of nowhere, everyone was in a bit of shock, me included. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I didn't think I'd ever get to see that in my lifetime. I think most people didn't expect to see it in their lifetimes as well as the big boss Mandarin cut. I mean, uh just, yeah. And the fact that it's time for the 50th anniversary as well is uh, is very significant. So yeah, but loved all the extra footage, even though the log scene, as I say, is very short, it's, it's still great. Some of the camera work's very interesting that Bruce uses for the scene. So um, hope people love it.
2: Just to sort of like wind this little bit up, how do you feel now the legacy of Bruce Lee will continue? Do we feel as though we've put a bit of closure to things or do you feel as though it will open up a little bit more? How, how do you feel about it now? Do you, Where do you feel as though the legacy will continue now?
1: I think it'll constantly keep going and evolving because it it has already you know we were we were probably saying that the 25th anniversary you know and then the 30th anniversary and here we are on the 50th anniversary and he's still as you know the presence is still there it's as iconic as ever enter the dragon's going to be soon re-released in the 4k special edition The you know obviously the other all of bruce lee's golden harvest movies are out in a box set so i think For the fans, we hope we'll always find new photos, we'll always find new videos. There'll be something to keep the legacy going. There's always gonna be events, whether it's an art exhibition, whether it's film screenings, they're always gonna be attended by the the hardcore Bruce Lee fans. And I think the legacy will live on and will continue to live on. You've just touched on something that I'd like
2: to ask you before we wind totally up, is Enter the Dragon. There's a few scenes in there that you know, could be easily put back in. There's two reels that were found by Walt Missingham and and stuff like that, and there's the bits from Game of Death 2. Why don't you feel Warner Brothers will go to the trouble of what Arrow's done to do that for, for Enter the Dragon when it is such an iconic movie?
1: It is. It's a, It's a difficult one to talk about because obviously I'm a fan and um i i would love for the footage to come out i'd love to see different edits i'd love to see you know obviously anyone who's got super eight millimeter footage to see all of that um any other rushes but it's just it's the politics of dealing with a with a big studio um to be honest, I'd love to get in contact with them and see if there's a way of getting hold of at least some of the footage. I would love to know if the original rushes reels are still available to see if there's anything on the rushes that can be salvaged. You know, um, I think it'd just be a case of finding the contact there and and, and just appealing to them to see if it, if it could be possible. But the problem is, if it is on original 35mm film, it becomes, as you know, um, it'll become a very costly process. And that could be, you know, that could be the the main sticking point is the cost of actually getting the 35 mil reels transferred. Um, we don't know if they've been backed up onto Beta Cam, U-matic, whatever format they they might have put it on back then or even now. So it just needs someone to go digging. I think it needs a dig. <laughs> so, Mr. Rutledge, as a director, I will leave you with
2: that legacy. Maybe. The shovel is in your hand.
1: Well, I, I'm ready to go there. <laughs> I'm ready to go. If I can get the contact there, I'm gone. I'm <laughs> gonna go and see if I can find this the footage because I know yeah. everyone would love it and it would be yeah. an amazing project.
2: How did you how did Bruce Lee affect you um to become what you've become?
1: Well, interesting story, because I was very young at the time. I was like 12 or 13 years old. getting picked on quite a bit at school. And my dad showed me uh, a TV screening of Enter the Dragon. We'd recorded it on VHS, and it was only half of the film. But it was just, you know, had an incredible impact on me. Um, You know, just watching Bruce Lee doing the martial arts, his speed, his timing, everything was just incredible. And I must have watched it. 10 to 20 times in the first you know couple of weeks of watching it and from then on it was like buy one poster buy another poster start doing martial arts learn a bit of wing chun and before you know it you you know your whole room's got bruce lee posters i think i bought every single poster that was on offer in chinatown you know um a a whole wall was covered as i'm sure a lot of people were were the same as me so yeah
2: out of all the things you bought at that time, have you kept anything that is personally something that you refer back to? Uh, you know, because it, Bruce Lee must have meant a, meant, meant a lot to you, but something that you've kept that you feel as though, i got to keep this, this this is my inspiration from Bruce.
1: Yeah, it was basically just the first poster I bought from, from the martial arts shop. And um, it's the pose of Bruce in Fist of Fury holding the nunchucks. And the poster, it's it's pretty mucky now. It's aged quite a bit because obviously I bought it, you know, late 80s. And um yeah, it just reminds me of that was obviously kind of like the birth of me getting a lot more Bruce Lee memorabilia from there on in. And I've all I've always kept it. To be honest, I need to put it on the wall. So thanks for the reminder. <laughs> So, so what
2: inspired you more from all the things that you've done and, and the things, what's inspired you
1: to become what you've become and do what you do? I think, to be honest, I started wanting to be a PE teacher. I always wanted to do something fitness related, but I was heading down the PE teacher route. But then, obviously, as I was, as I was progressing, I kind of sidetracked into media, media production, media communication, that kind of thing. So... I basically did a BTEC course in media production. Then I did an A-level in TV post-production, which was editing. And so everything was related to that. So when I was on those courses, I started doing martial arts related short films. So I was putting myself in them. I was getting my friends in my class in them. Anything I could do to do something that was martial arts based um, and obviously very Bruce Lee influenced because Enter the Dragon was what got me into doing it in the first place. And consequently, on my degree course, I end up going to an event in Bradford, meeting yourself, Andrew, and doing an interview with you for my degree course, where I was doing a Bruce Lee documentary for one of the modules. So there you go. Um, and that was, I think we're going back into 1997, around that time. So it goes back a long way. But um, the documentary got me through my degree. So that's, that's a good thing. Oh, well, nice to have been of, of
2: use. Um, I I feel as though you've done your martial arts bit, but you've you've actually done a lot of film before you've just actually done what we're going to be talking about today. So when you've done uh, filming of martial arts, is there a point when you're filming something and Bruce comes into your head, or am I just being silly? Do, do you feel as though sometimes you'll be watching thinking, oh, yeah, I want to fit this in?
1: I think he's 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 always there as an influence because obviously just when when you watch the films he just explodes off the screen you know just such an incredible charisma such an incredible personality even if he's not fighting you're drawn to him you know I remember just been watching some of the new big boss Mandarin cut and even the scenes he's not fighting and other characters are talking you you drawn to look at what Bruce is doing in the background you know that this is just you know that that is just the power of 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 his on-screen charisma really and um obviously um such an incredible influence not just in the martial arts world but in the martial arts movie world as well yeah. um because it one thing that is sad is i i think everyone would have loved to have seen how he would have developed not only as an actor but also as a director after uh from 1973 onwards because I mean, even Game of Death, it was just looking incredible, you know, the footage, and there's some groundbreaking kind of camera work in that for the era, you know. You could tell Bruce was trying to push the boundaries a bit, you know. Hired a Japanese cinematographer for the film, Um, so yeah, he's, you know, I think his influence is is still going strong, fifth, you know, fifty years later, here we are, we're still talking about him.
2: So, how did you get involved with Arrow? to to actually do it and were you doing it before or were you did you suggest it to arrow what what how did it come about
1: with yeah. Arrow? i was doing it i was doing it before it was always a project i was going to do anyway and i i was put in touch with arrow through brandon bentley who's been you know instrumental for uh quite a lot of the projects related to the arrow bruce lee box set release and mm. he introduced me to james flower and i obviously told james what i was doing i was going to be doing this documentary in thailand on um on the big boss um you know would he be interested and um obviously it was subject to to watching it but um fortunately um i think we all did a a great job on the documentary um and and arrow took it on board which is which is great so brandon and um james both offered kind of like comments on bits to change on the documentary maybe add this maybe put that but yeah basically with their supervision and um me producing and editing it um that's how it we got it out there in the end and i think it's part of an amazing bruce lee box set such a tribute for the obviously 50th year of bruce's passing and 50th year of enter the dragon being released Matt, thank you so
2: much for your time. I'm sure this is what the end. I'm sure we will be talking to you again about your other directorial projects. Um, and we wish you well uh, from Walmart TV.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks so much. No, appreciate it, guys. Thank you.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?